0: Taking your emails, taking your calls, ignorant and uninformed. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's good. You can practice your character voices.
0: All of my, all of them. Yeah, all of the internets will hear on on Sundays. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to Ignorant Uninformed America's favorite podcast. We are—that is one of my favorite parts about uh, being back behind the screens—and I'll talk about it later. Welcome back to Ignorant <laughs> and Uninformed, America's <laughs> Favorite Podcast. We're coming to you live from beautiful Keystone, Colorado, <laughs> here at Consensual Studios at 545 Productions. And this is Ignorant and Uninformed, and I am joined as always by our apoplectic hosts, Mr. Jeff Watson. I don't know what that means. Apoplectic. No, I said it correctly. Neither do I. It's filled with rage and anger. Furious. Then yes. Roar! Max Sorakistan Sorak joins Roar! us. And I am Ben... Hollywood Whitmore, and uh, this is your show where we take your topics and turn them into our podcast for 30 minutes of uninterrupted podcasting gold. That's the ignorant and uninformed guarantee, which is really no guarantee unto itself uh, because it is both ignorant and uninformed, but so are you, and Max is going to tell you how you're a part of it.
1: How do you spell apoplectic? Uh, mm-hmm. A P O P L E C T I C. Okay, I literally just highlighted that word to look up and put in my notes because I came across it in something and I was like, like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Really? Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Ben. Thanks for making me smarter. I
0: heard it on a YouTube video today, so I looked it up today. Oh, there you go. What's apoplectic mean? What kind of apoplectic? Apoplectic.
1: Yeah, I couldn't even, I didn't, couldn't even figure out apoc I just said. Pop-up Pop-ups. And I believe
0: it means like exceptionally furious and filled really with rage. Ooh. I like it. Like very like furious. <laughs> not just
1: normally furious. Exceptional. But exceptionally furious. Gold standard. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Of rage.
0: Extreme state of rage.
1: And t-shirts. Unless
0: I'm totally wrong. <laughs> I really That's hope, not what apoplectic I
1: means. really hope you are. No, not. <laughs> Someone's because... holding up a dictionary right now. <laughs> Just because I love the image. They're apoplectic. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Or at least the false definition. Yeah, exactly. An uninformed definition whatever, whatever that apoplectic. Yeah. Um, send us your topics, and we'll send you a T-shirt. Uh, add us on the Twitters, or uh, hit us up on the Facebooks, or email us. Topics mm-hmm. at com. Questions, yeah. make the best topics, and then we will send you a T-shirt. And thanks. That's... How you keep Thanks. us from our apoplectic rage? Apoplectic, apoplectic, <laughs> prophylactic, ra- A- ap- prophylactic rage. Perf- <laughs> per- <laughs> pro- <laughs> <laughs> I am safely raging. I am uh-huh. apocalyptic rage.
0: That's the name of my new band, by the way. Public ap- apoplectic rage. Apocalyptic no. rage. Ap-po-lec- I changed it. apoplectic apocalyptic rage. We don't have. We don't have a lot of fans. And this is <laughs> wait for the
1: show or for yeah. your band? we are we just gonna yes. sit here for an hour, half an hour, and try to figure out how to say this? Either word? way, you know, I'm whatever, good. whatever works for you. I mean, it. You draw on a topic. I am right. just because it's here. Max has had enough.
0: <laughs> do 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 yeah. You know they have Jeopardy on Netflix now. Yeah, those shows are best of or some shit, right? Yeah, they're like they're like the Circle of Champions episodes. So, but it's like it's amazing without commercials. How quickly an episode of Jeopardy goes! (laughs) Oh, oh, I bet. I mean,
1: it's still like twenty-two minutes, right?
0: (sighs) Probably more like twenty. Honestly, (laughs) is it (laughs) so? Okay, twenty-two used to be the standard. I don't know if but now I don't know. But it's but it's it just feels so short because there's like they clean out the category. They take like a second to introduce, and hey, we're back. <laughs> this is Billy. He's a teacher from Des Moines. And <laughs> Just cut that shit out. <laughs> you have a funny story about <laughs> teaching. <laughs>
1: oh, no. Oh, oh, no.
0: Rachel,
1: Rachel, I love you. No, not at all. Dr. Zooks? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then it starred, and it said, alert, Ben must, underlined, be present for this topic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for the music. I don't know. You no, know, yeah. Disneyland? What
1: would you get? What do you think this topic I is? No knowing idea. just that,
0: knowing Doctor Zooks, and that I have to be and Star you have Wars. To be here.
1: It's got to be Star Wars. Right? French
0: amusement parks.
1: <laughs> I like where your heads French at. Amusement I like where parks. your heads at. Okay. Andrew Lloyd Webber or oh. Sondheim.
0: Oh. oh Jesus! I'll will be oh. over here in the corner. <laughs> See like... you thirty guys. <laughs> Teach us, Ben. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I would argue. Stephen Sondheim got his career started uh, much earlier than Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, I, Stephen Sondheim is an American, and
1: I, I, Andrew Lloyd Webber is British. Are they contemporaries?
0: Yes. Okay. Were they lovers? <laughs> no. Is there a musical about them
1: being lovers? No. <laughs> okay. Dude, let's write well, that shit.
0: Maybe not directly. Maybe maybe they wrote each other little love songs. Oh. So Andrew Lloyd Webber, Jesus Christ Superstar, Cats, uh, Evita. Uh, I think I've I've named several of them. But he's <laughs> written oh, Phantom of the Opera. That's like his big one. Okay, um, Les Mis. Uh, no, Les Mis was actually kind of a uh, written by a team whose names I can never remember. Fair enough. And they and Les Mis was like kind of the only good thing they ever wrote. And they wrote a few other musicals, The Pirate Queen, for example. Oh, yeah. And no one's ever heard of that. Uh, and anyway, but it's like Les Mis was their ticket. Yeah, you know, I've never seen
1: to... or heard Les Mis. Oh, it's pretty. I haven't great. either. Yeah. I just know it exists. Yeah. I
0: think i another out. Oh, it's very like, so the, you ever seen the, the film? I was just going to say, you know, some, some Lemiz stuff
1: from South Park. Oh no. I mean like, I definitely like oh, okay. have heard like some tracks. Yeah. Well, the South
0: Park like... movie definitely takes like their act one finale almost directly. From oh, for real. Oh, I don't yeah, think like I do it's, that. It's, uh, you know, uh, the whole where they're all singing the different parts. It's kind of yeah. West side story. It's kind of, uh, uh, it's, it's sort – it's Les Mis. It's really Les Mis. And when he sings the whole the – little, the little, like, British kid, it's like, come, let's go in front of the fields. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one. He's he's essentially, like, the kid version of Jean Valjean. Okay. And uh, have you ever read the book or, like, no. seen a uh, film, uh, like, a no, non-musical no, no, film no, of no, Les Mis? I, I have. No, no. It's a great uh, – it's a great – I wouldn't recommend the book. It's like 9,000 pages. I mean, I pages.
1: once walked into my roommate in college, like, mostly naked, standing <laughs> on a table on drugs, belting out uh, the <laughs> lyrics like to Les Mis. What's the the
0: One day more. Oh,
1: fuck. I wish I another
0: could. Another day, another destiny. <laughs> I mean, so here's the like Never-ending road <laughs> Calvary. Good I mean, having this never. This like I was. <laughs> see, right? the so time. if you were one feeling it more. and you were all
1: fucked up, couldn't, wouldn't you be like power stancing on a table? Absolutely. No. What
0: did you do?
1: I laughed and was happy to see him because, you know, enough. we got separated and all that good stuff. That's but awesome. But since I don't know, like, like I have no recollection of right. what track it Which was. Which is
0: not the topic at all. Because no. this is. A... Sorry. Not I derailed it. I or, or Webber. Us, digress. But,
1: uh, it may have been me. Okay, so Lloyd Weber, British. Yes, uh, and
0: kind of the the king of the, what you might call the rock musical. The, like, the original I, incantation <laughs> of, of those, like, using electric guitars instead of brass. Or using kind of combining all of those things in his compositions. And, and yeah.
1: Time frame. Like, when... Was Weber, like, at his, like, give me some years. Andrew Lloyd
0: Webber was probably in his prime in, like, the s- late 70s and 80s. Okay. And then into the 90s as well. Okay, okay. Uh, and, yes. <laughs> Hold on. It just, it sounded weird for a second. I think we're fine. We're fine. Keep keep moving. Uh, and then Stephen Sondheim was probably more like uh, as early as the late '60s.
1: Okay, so Sondheim was around. before. He was probably
0: pre- preceded Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay. I would think by a at, nigh on a decade, maybe not quite that much time. So what's he written? So Stephen Sondheim uh, has written a, a bunch of stuff. He's also done the books to a lot of musicals. This is, like, this is why I had to be here for this. Because uh, <laughs> otherwise,
1: it would be Jeff and I looking at each other like... <laughs> like, uh, like uh, I, I've uh... heard of these so dudes. Stephen, yeah. Stephen, Sondheim, <laughs> Stephen Sondheim is kind of
0: the the in, the father of the American contemporary musical, or the contemporary musical in general. American music theater is kind of its own thing. British music theater... Is Andrew Lloyd Webber, essentially, is kind of how people, I think, generally understand this to be true.
1: Well, at least it's how we um, do. So, yeah. Yeah. much like, brother. Because
0: there's kind of, like, the West End musicals that were very big, like uh, 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 Jesus Christ Superstar and all these things that, like, got their start in London and then in came. In the West End And in had London. a huge, Okay, yeah, okay, okay. And had the Broadway of London uh, as, instead of New York. And of course, they had their own American followings and they got even bigger when they came across the pond for like a lot of uh, Andrew Weber's stuff. Uh, And anyway, so Stephen Sondheim uh, wrote a lot of musicals that probably not a whole bunch of people are familiar with. But um, he wrote the he wrote the music for um, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum as uh, which is a very it's a very funny musical. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of. He was, uh, Sondheim was trained by one of Rodgers and Hammerstein. I believe Oscar Hammerstein trained him. Sure. John Rogers. Great. (laughs) So Rodgers and Hammerstein are kind of the, the era before the contemporary musical. They're like the 19, they started writing in the 1930s and forties and they like the, the golden age of music theater. Okay. So then the forties. Did they write sound of music? Am I making that up? That's Rodgers and Hammerstein. And, uh, And uh, they kind of defined that kind of pre-World War II, post-World War II era of musicals, the escapist, Americana things. That's Jerry Herman, (laughs) who is uh, different. (laughs) Sure. Jerry Herman wrote like really cheesy musicals, in my opinion. But Hello, Dolly. Oklahoma's Rodgers and Hammerstein. Okay. But so Oklahoma... A uh, uh, flower drum song, um, South, Pacific. South Pacific, Music Man was uh, f- lesser. Frank Lesser I think I wrote. <laughs> oh, I thought you just oh, like a, that was a lesser, lesser. musical. That's just, that's just no, I, I, I think that was Frank Lesser that wrote <laughs> the okay, musical, okay. not Rodgers and Hammerstein. It was then, actually a little bit after. The kind of the golden age of Rodgers and Hammerstein. You are a fucking treasure,
1: Ben. I <laughs> just want you to know that. <laughs> like, Singing in the rain. This is literally what I have a degree in. I know. So we, this is why you had to be here.
0: Singing in the rain was in like the fifties, and it was it was written for the stage, and then they adapted it to the film. That became very famous, and I do not remember who Fair wrote enough. that. I'm so, just going to name random musicals.
1: <laughs> I like it. Speaking, with, dude, There's speaking of There's other people Jeopardy. like Cole
0: Porter or Cy Coleman, like kind <laughs> of those, those 40s eras, big band-esque okay. uh, musicals like uh, Anything Goes, and, which was Cole Porter. Um the, and so anyway so Stephen Sondheim comes around in like the nineteen sixties. He's been writing for a while. I think he even had a. I think he it was Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim did West Side Story. I think. Okay. Like Leonard Bernstein wrote the music and Stephen Sondheim did the lyrics. Okay. At, at the time, but Stephen Sondheim's also a composer, so he like writes the music. And so the music and lyrics and book book writers were a big thing in the 40s and 50s. Ah, and so when you say 60s. write the book, it is like you're the writing script. the dialogue, yeah, the yeah, actual yeah, script, yeah. and then okay. be like, oh, and there's a song here, and then like mm-hmm. they do. So nowadays, like films are probably the closest. I mean, they're still they still write modern musicals, but typically, <laughs> do they? They're singer songwriter, um, like duos, like like uh, that. They, they sometimes bring seen. in a book writer, like Douglas Carter Bean is a big uh, kind of show doctor. Um, guy, he wrote a uh, whole bunch of plays, uh, but he also has gotten the credit for writing the book for several uh, musicals. Um, you know, like Shrek the musical, I think he did the book for. Janine Tesori wrote the music for that. But it like... <laughs> I'll I'll believe you. I know. Like it's just (laughs) this is the kind of shit that goes through my brain. No, I know, and this is why Rachel and I'm not even that well versed in this. That's all relative. If my bosses were here, like they'd be like, "No, you're wrong. It's this this like Josh, uh, my 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 boss at work, uh, he has like a steel trap mind. He can tell you the Tony winners for the past thirty four years of Tony (laughs) winners, like. I mean, I know people, people like and, that, and the like sports. Too. He's crazy. Yeah, more he's, so
1: than like, but like,
0: yeah, this is like sports for indoor people. We just cite musical stats and like, you know, I mean, composers, and then you got Stephen Schwartz, and that's like the more contemporary musicals, like Wicked, mm-hmm. uh, Godspell, he did, <laughs> and uh, which is a little older. Like Godspell was around in the seventies, but Stephen Schwartz is uh, cre- credited with a lot of the. So, Wicked is kind of his big thing. So Sondheim Steve has worked in a lot.
1: did West Side Story with Bernstein. I believe. We think.
0: I'm, I'm almost positive.
1: Definitely did funny thing happen on the way to the forum.
0: Yes, as a tribute to uh, Oscar Hammerstein. Okay. So, like you can see a little bit of an homage in okay. that musical to Hammerstein, who was his mentor for a while. And then, but then he starts writing off the walls, crazy bat bat shit ridiculous crazy music. Like, so we're talking atonal harmonies. We're talking uh uh oh, so like crazy John ass Cage. rhythms that like are very non counterintuitive that that don't follow that traditional like golden age music standard of mm-hmm. like song chorus, you know, repeat mm-hmm. the chorus, mm-hmm. so bridge. Like,
1: what are examples of uh, uh
0: so like that. So uh company is uh, a, a, kind of his first big hit, right Steven Sondheim comes on the scene he writes his musical called company which which is follows a very non linear uh, time frame it 's not like this scene progresses into this scene it 's like flashbacks of this guy uh, his life and all the people in his life that come in and out of his apartment um, and their their former lovers their you know friends and neighbors their family members. And they all kind of give you this impression about his life by interacting with him in song. So uh, one of the songs uh, from that is called uh, Marry Me a Little. And uh, it's it's just a little bit it's, – it definitely has more kind of 60s, seven or it's more like 70s vibe really. Um, but it plays with a lot of uh, uh, atonal uh, – that's the best thing I can say. Like Like non – traditional intervals like so so it sounds like noise. so i do know that he no it's it's just it's kind of like it doesn't go where you expect it to go hmm. okay um uh so he wrote he also wrote a musical called uh into the woods with james lapine uh who's a who's a book writer he wrote the story it's basically all the fairy tales mixed into one and it's kind of like so, Cinderella's prince and the the big bad wolf and Little Red Riding Hood. And they made a movie for that just a couple of years they ago. They did right? make a movie, and it's horrible. Never saw it. Uh, it's it's really not very good. Fair enough. Um, is the music good? For the, that show? the music is very good, but it's interesting because it's it's I, it's like um, it's very. There's a lot of con- counter melodies that go on. People are singing over each other. Hmm. Um, hmm. That, but then there's like some very traditional songs. Like Cinderella sings this song called at the steps of the palace which is very like kind of ingenue uh, which is like the the young lover in in most musicals and plays and the, the the kind of the ingenue role is what they call it is the the original french term i guess but i'm trying to think of like a good like a like a really good example of of just Sondheim and the way he plays with traditional musical ideas which is kind of what he's known for okay uh, Odd rhythms and and just w- strange intervals. Here's an example. Uh, so the minor seventh, which is not a very typical interval, uh, he uses it as the main feature in a song that he wrote in West Side Story. So it is him. I'm I did remember that correctly. Uh,
1: so it's this I like song. just watching. It's to write the song proof called, for that. called "There's That's a Place good. for Us." Right. Okay. And
0: apparently, he got it from the subway train, like being on the subway train in New York. Cause when the, when, when it takes off, like the train squeaks and it goes, uh, it's, that's the wrong interval. There's a, there it is. And then it like does this other high pitch squeal, but the song is "There's a place for us someday, a place for us. home my hand and we're halfway there. Hold my hand and I'll take you there, someday." Like it's, it just it it's inhuman what he writes for people to sing, which is <laughs> odd, but okay. like that minor seventh is a is a is a is a clashing harmony. You play both of those notes at the same time, and it's a very sad kind of. C- cacophonous dissonant is the word thank you it's a dissonant uh chord or or interval to play yeah and then so like the minor 7th being the main feature of of the melody of a song is is something that not many people did back then
1: yeah and
0: okay. uh, so of course Leonard Bernstein was like a contemporary composer too so he was like into it yeah he was totally into it but Supposedly, one of them. Maybe it was Bernstein. Maybe it was Sondheim. I don't know. Heard that interval on the subway car, at the subway station, and like said, "Hey, that would make a great song for this musical." That's a musical adaptation of Romeo and Juliet set in the
1: 1950s. I mean, so you, you know, know, inspiration comes from strange places, yeah, right? right? Like,
0: so, uh, yeah, so Sondheim wrote uh, into the woods sondheim he wrote uh, funny Thing happened with there's like oh god I can't even remember how many songs he's done company's a big one f- uh, is Follies Follies is I think a Sondheim musical Bern- anything that Bernadette Peters has been in uh, was probably at one point written by uh, okay sondheim he he <laughs> he loves her voice so he puts her in a lot of stuff okay like she was in the original production of into the woods that he wrote. He, she was in the revival of Follies. I think she was in the original one in a different role as well in the seventies. But you know, Burnett Peter, she talks like this. As you know, she's an Annie. The, the she's the.
1: Is she the? She's not
0: Miss Hannigan. That's Carol. Uh, Carol, Carol. Is Burnett. she the red Carol Burnett
1: from uh, History of the World Part One. When they're in Rome, mm, I actually don't know. I okay, can't remember. Burnett Peter. Oh, so
0: she plays uh, in. June, I'm trying to think of like what else she's been in she's she's been in I I knew Bernadette Peters the first time from uh she was opposite Tim Curry as as the the dumb blonde girl who like pretends to be Annie's mom who's Rooster's girlfriend Jesus, anyway. that's been I like know, 35 years time. since I've seen Annie and I don't remember who wrote Annie either I think that was Lerner and Lowe <laughs> but I could be wrong <laughs> It might also be a Frank Lesser one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have just had a name So you with get Tom all these days. like the music, music like, theater people. Yeah, I've been talking Stephen about this King for 20 goddamn minutes. Well, yeah, exactly. Stephen oh, King. Oh. Yep. Yep. Stephen King. Stephen King. Stephen Schwartz. Stephen. Sondheim, but a lot of Stevens, yeah. Stephen King, I guess.
1: <laughs> All right, so you've been Stephen talking Colbert
0: about. is going to write a musical. Oh, out. so and now we have this new wave of like, like, uh, oh. uh, like Hamilton is the biggest thing. Oh, Lin Manuel okay. Miranda, yeah, 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 yeah. gotcha, uh, and and his writing partners Robert Lopez and his wife, I forget her name, but they wrote Avenue Q together, and then uh, they went on to write. Uh, the Book of Mormon with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, um, as because they because Trey Parker and Matt Stone saw Avenue Q when it opened in New York, and then the and or at some point during the run, and Robert Lopez was there, and they were like, "This is hilarious. This is exactly what we want to do. We want to start writing a musical oh. about the Book of Mormon." And and that was of course that that was kind of a new uh, event horizon, I suppose, for the American music theater was kind of the Book of Mormon and kind of taking a lot of the tropes that had developed over the last 55, you know, 60, well, God, at this point, like, 75 years, and, like, playing on them and paying homage to all these different, Mm -hmm. like, musicals. The Lion King is probably a good example, too, of, like, kind of that next benchmark Mm -hmm. from earlier. Like, Lion King, then Wicked. Mm -hmm. Les Mis was probably before Lion King, and that was kind of the the big Spider-Man. Spider-Man turn off the dark more of like a uh, who wrote that a, a cautionary tale. Uh, you, too, wrote that Bono and the Edge wrote the fucking music. What? To Spider-Man. I don't know. And if I it was directed by the woman who directed the original production of uh, Lion King and then did the film version of the producers musical whose name is not Janine Tesori, but it is Susan Stroman. That's her name. Mm hmm. And uh, so much talent for a turd. <laughs> it's it, I saw it in New York. You I saw, saw Spider-Man turn off. the. How door. was it? It was the worst thing I've ever <laughs> seen. It was it wasn't like that. It was bad. But when Bono and the edge have to come out to introduce a musical. Wow. Just to get people excited about it. No, like that's, that's good. No, it's not good. It was just kind of all over the place. It was just like they were trying to put lightning in a bottle and they just couldn't do it again. They had spent all this money retrofitting this theater to adapt all these crazy flying things that they did. It was like, you know, they almost got through the show without it stopping because if something went wrong and something was dangerous, like people ended up getting really hurt when that musical like they had this like like ramp thing that was part of the set. It looked kind of like the Chrysler building and like people fell off that thing and like. Nearly died, were seriously injured. Jesus. I don't know if someone actually did die. I feel like someone that did pass away, like during a show, or like God, maybe but... it was in tech or something. But but it was just, like, <laughs> that doesn't dude. count. There yeah. were a lot of. But, I mean, like it's, it's, it's even more horrifying if there's an audience of several thousand sure. people like watching this happen. Tell it
1: to the family. <laughs>
0: Tell it to the family. So I don't know. So like, so Andrew Lloyd Weber, We haven't talked much about Andrew, Lloyd Webber, <laughs> but uh, Andrew Lloyd Weber is is very much like. Kind of the certainly a contemporary of Stephen Sondheim. But if to me, it's that's like British music theater and American music theater. And and like there was certainly some crossover there. But like, I think Stephen Sondheim was on the scene before Andrew Lloyd Webber became a huge name. OK, um, I could be wrong about that. Sure. <laughs> but. Um,
1: All right. Chronology notwithstanding.
0: Yeah. Who do I prefer?
1: Yeah. Mm. Or who do you think would win in a fight? Like South Park, <laughs>
0: so go, Could that be, bro? <laughs> I'm mean, not disrespecting you, bro. That's what, because that's like all those guys are in that Stephen Sondheim oh, you, and, oh, and Stephen okay. Schwartz, okay. and all those like musical theater guys are. And I think that came from them writing Book of Mormon and like you know getting involved. Like, well, Trey Parker was a music theater kid like for a long time. And I mean, he, the South Park he was movie. in, yeah, you yeah, I mean, it's like all over the place. The references, There's always to, musical. So movies. is Seth MacFarlane; he's a music theater kid. Like, and it's it's just funny how like those people have done well, and I
1: both of them am sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, all two of them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's
0: just funny, like how how pervasive. What's funny is once you know enough about music theater, like you realize how pervasive it is in our culture. Like mm. it's kind of crazy, like just the whole concept of breaking into song. Like is something that has been around since the days of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck.
1: Like, yeah, they invented you know, singing.
0: They did totally first wow. ones ever. Wow. But to like, but to like, you know, song and dance and 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 interweaving it into story. And now, of course, like now it's it's like a like a trope almost. Mm-hmm. It's that that uh, a character breaks into song when it's you know.
1: I mean, there'll be like whole musical silly. episodes.
0: Show. Show. Yeah, so you look at plenty episodes, of series; shows, they'll do a musical like, episode, and so they're so usually pretty good. How at least you know some of it is is all like you can you can kind of like like i said i got a degree in this so i know enough <laughs> about it i had to i remember i didn't really get into like knowing musicals until probably after college but i had to start learning about college uh, in college and in like my senior year we started taking this like advanced music theater so it was that was basically like a history crash course in the art of the musical and the origin of american music theater mostly but we talked a little bit about British music theater too, as I've done here as well. I would, I would say I'm. More, uh, I don't want to. S- I want to say Andrew Lloyd Webber just because I like the mu- I like his music more. Okay. Sondheim has some great stuff. Don't get me wrong. West Side Story, of course, but again, you can't take complete credit for it because Leonard Bernstein wrote the music, and okay. Sondheim like wrote the lyrics, and I. Okay. I'm not sure who did the book, but I don't know.
1: It's all right.
0: Shakespeare did the book. Sounds it was, right. It's Romeo and Juliet. Amazing. Sounds right. But like, and then I'm trying to think of like all the ones that the Stephen Sondheim, like singular musicals that he wrote. Uh, oh, it's Bombay Dreams or something too. There's all these weird, so, he wrote a lot of weird out there kind of musicals. Company's probably the most famous Stephen Sondheim musical, I think. Maybe Follies. If the, I, I'm pretty sure Follies. I guess. I'm almost positive. So, but go ahead. Those are the ones I can think of at the moment. I'm sure I'm forgetting like dozens. The man's written probably 35 musicals.
1: So, I would imagine. High school theater is where I topped out, but like I was definitely yeah. down with drama in high school, and I can remember totally. uh, Sam. You know Adam, San Francisco Adam. You yeah. know who that is? Yeah, I do. Uh, so not when, Jonah. That's not, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Not jo- the one you think is Jonah, uh, <laughs> Rachel's husband. Um, yep. Uh, we definitely had to do a music – there was a music theater section junior year, and Adam and I did uh, Comedy Tonight.
0: Um, Comedy from, Tonight.
1: Uh, yeah, for Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Yep. Uh, in togas and nice. uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely remember doing that. Awesome!
0: I what I wouldn't <laughs> give for a video of that. <laughs> what
1: I wouldn't give. Do for you hear a me, Adam? I wonder if no. There's no way that exists. Maybe I don't know. I doubt it. There's a VHS somewhere, somewhere. like a little DV recording. Uh-huh. Oh, man. oh man, I need to see it. Um, but that show was funny as fuck, man. I really appreciated. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like a good sense of humor. So it's a
0: very, it's a very funny musical. I like it. It's, it's definitely, it's not. Super, uh, Sondheimy, I guess it's it's. Oh, I have one other story about about Stephen Sondheim, and it's it's more about like class. And your story about school made me remember it. Great, but uh, so so this is very like. I guess this has to be a very Ben-centric episode. I'm sorry, everybody, but uh, so we were in in the music in uh, theater history class. So the, and it was a mix of like BFA music theater majors and acting majors and then like people who were just minoring in theater. It was a very it was a mix of people, uh, and it was a pretty large class. And it was taught by this guy, Dr. Ralph Remshart, who is an awesome uh, theater professor. And I'm sure he listens to this podcast. So hey, Dr. Ralph, what's up?
1: Hey, Doc Ralph.
0: Yeah, yeah. And anyway, but he was uh, he he was was teaching this class, and so there was this like. You had to take a topic uh, every, like, every, they would do a topic every week or, like, maybe every cl- time we had class, like, twice a week. And there was somebody who was, like, supposed to take that topic and do all the re- do the research and basically be the class expert. Like, and, and, you know, do a little report on whatever the topic was. So we got this, you know, rundown in the syllabus. This is what we're covering every week. And, of course, all the music theater kids want to do the music theater module. Like, you know, they want to do... They want to be like, oh, I want to get when we get to American music theater. That's the day I want to be the class expert. So the the sign up list is going around. And this girl, bless her heart, uh, who I think was a theater minor or maybe general theater major. I don't know. But uh, we had never really seen her before. And she certainly uh, was. So she got the, uh, uh, the contemporary American musical, which is basically let's talk about Stephen Sondheim, who is, like I said, the father of the American contemporary musical. Uh, that kind of, again, writes musicals that are that are that play with the idea of what a traditional musical is. They don't have a sense of they don't necessarily have a linear sense of time within them. They play with uh, you know dissonance and and a lot of like things that contemporary composition does. Anyway, so basically she signs up to be the the uh, the class expert, and the the thing was about this. Girl, she was just she. She wasn't completely prepared. I would say, like, I think she was like, "I don't get to talk about Wicked," and you know, like that's what she wanted. Stephen Schwartz, not Stephen Sondheim, but but like that was like her exposure to music theater. And I realize that that's your exposure to music theater. It is. You can trash (laughs) her. It's okay. So, but like you know, so in the music theater, you know, game. The, the people who only like wicked are like kind of like the people who only like the Dallas Cowboys because sure. You know what I mean? I like, know what you're saying. <laughs> Cause America's team. Uh, whatever. It's like yeah. the most popular. So yeah, that's it's what you know. Like, with. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that. And then like, you don't know anything about football. Sure. Like sure. you couldn't name a player sure. before 1999, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, so Ed. Ed so that was kind of – so we were all – like the, the list gets around because we were the slacker music theater kids, so we all sat in the back. And so the list made it to us, and you could just hear my buddy Jonathan Lovitz was like, oh, no! Like, he was so upset that he didn't get to talk about Stephen Sondheim. And, and he was – bless his heart. And, uh, and and so the day comes, and she gets up in front of the class, and she goes, okay, so talking about the, the modern music theater, a lot of people think – that the guy who invented it was named, um, I don't know how to say this, Stefan Soundham? <laughs> and and you just hear, like, the music theater people in the back just, like, lose their shit. They're like, what? <laughs> and, was, and you could just, it was like, you know, in that, in the birdcage with uh, Nathan Lane, mm. and he goes, oh, I passed the toast. That's what I, that's what I heard collectively <laughs> from. Like, all the gay men in music theater with the back. And it was just very, very funny. But that was, that was uh, that's my real memory and takeaway of Stephen Sondheim.
1: Okay. Um,
0: but certainly the father of the contemporary musical <laughs> sure. in American music sure, theater. Sure, So I hope this has been an educational <laughs> episode. I mean, I learned some shit. For everybody. Yeah. I learned a lot. I actually realized I know more composers than I think I do. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Yeah. And I'm glad we picked two of the big ones, like heavy hitters. They weren't just like, name 16 Frank Lesser musicals. <laughs> what musicals did Lerner and Lowe perpetua- uh, work together on? <laughs> anyway. That would have been me. Hey, this has been ignorant Uninformed, America's favorite podcast. We've been your hosts, Mr. Jeff Watson. I feel useless. Mr. Max Matt and sorak
1: <laughs> Applelectic! And
0: I am Ben Hollywood Twinkletoes Whitmore. <laughs> and this has been your educational crash course in American music theater. We'll be back next week with the brand new episode. of so Hot Us Fresh. Just make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast you you listen to us on. Check us out on, at ignorantuninformed.com. Send your topics to topics at ignorantuninformed.com. Check out the Facebook page. Like us at uh, no, so Facebook.com slash ignorantuninformed. Twank us on the Twitter. Follow us at Ig and Un. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Peace off.